BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. And it wasn't until I started acting in movies and Hollywood and stuff that, you know, I became friends with Bruce Campbell from the Evil Dead movies. And I was like, Bruce, I'm sending you something. Would you mind signing it? But please send it back because I spent $300 on it. <laughs> and uh, so you, you, put, sh- you shame people into getting a signature. Listen, I, I'm all about it. <laughs> you, you get autographs, too? No, I'm all just about shaming people to get what you want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that. Whatever it takes. Everyone's got their thing. All right, gang, happy Thursday. Yeah, we're back. We're here. You're listening, which means your day has already gotten better. Claire Kramer, hello. (laughs) Hi, David. It also means you've made it through the week to Thursday, which is the day before Friday, and Friday is the day before Saturday. You're almost there, guys. You're in a good place. (laughs) If there's anything that this podcast can teach you is when the days of the week uh, drop in within the seven days. So we we were able to tell you that at the bare minimum. At the maximum... We're going to have a wonderful conversation today with Mr. Michael Rosenbaum from Smallville, voice of Flash in Justice League, the series, Impastor, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which I just happened to randomly be watching right before we started doing As the podcast. As you should. And I didn't even One know he was in Guardians Marvel of the Galaxy movies. Volume 2 until. <laughs> and of course, his hot podcast, Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. So wonderful we had him here today. Uh, I love Michael. And I got to say, I mean, every time I talk about Michael, I just have to preface the whole entire conversation by saying, I think he is the best Lex Luthor ever. He was so good on Smallville and his Lex, I mean, gave the character such humanity and like you really got a feeling for the evolution of the Lex personality and the Lex storyline in his portrayal. And I think it's probably because that was in television and we talk a little bit about doing television versus film in this episode. But I think because he had time to develop the character over the seasons of Smallville, that's why it's my favorite iteration of Lex. And there you have it. I invite anyone to argue with me. <laughs> and I'm I'm not going to be arguing with you. So since it's just you and me on this podcast, on, it's just two people agreeing <laughs> with each other. Uh, he he just was, he wasn't a caricature, right? He just was like a normal person. No. He just wasn't like too big or too silly or too over the top. You know, Kevin Spacey and Gene Hackman, I always felt kind of played into this idea of who Lex Luthor should be. And he was just like, I'm just going to be a person my name happens to be Lex Luthor and I have all these evil things, but I'm just going to be a human being who just really, you know, right. doesn't and like because this of, guy. 
Well, and that wasn't always the case either. But but how he approached the character made it very relatable, yeah. I think. And and you could see the evolution. So anyway, uh, Michael is an awesome guy. He's so cool. And he's coming on to talk about such an interesting topic, which is vintage signed horror movie posters from the 80s. So enjoy. This is this is interesting. Very interesting. Enjoy. So behind you right now, Michael, is not a horror movie poster from the 80s, but it is a Karate Kid movie poster. So that's fun. So you, you definitely like posters from the 80s as a start. Yes, I am an 80s nut. Um, some people say that when you're kind of stuck back in time, it's depression. And if you're just always worrying about the future, it's anxiety. I have both. <laughs> but uh, I I am just glued to movies from the 70s and 80s, mostly the 80s. Those were the glory days where I just think the movies were, I mean, in my opinion, they were better. I was also a kid, so everything seemed like larger than life to me. Karate Kid was a big influence. I just loved the, the movie. And, and I'm one of those actors who goes to conventions and not only do I do signings, but I get autographs for myself. Uh, I, I was sort of that guy that was going to conventions, horror movie conventions, before I became anybody. And so I would go, oh, my God, that's the guy from Dawn of the Dead who fell out of the helicopter or whatever. I, I got to get his autograph. It's 10 bucks. I'm going to go do it. So, you know, then when I became an actor, I was like, it opened the door to all, getting autographs from all my heroes, like seeing Ralph Macchio sitting next to me signing. I'm like, hey, could you sign my... Karate Kid posters, like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and then, like, you know, I got the Breakfast Club signed by the whole cast, which was a gift. And then, you know, I'll go to conventions and I'll get things like this from Return of the Living Dead, which is, uh, you know, just one of my favorite movies. And this is a character that was in, in Return of the Living He's Dead. He's showing so. off like a little, a little, uh, what, what do I, I don't even know. I can't describe, I'm it's pretty like good at describing things. Or, yeah, like a totem of the. <laughs> The well, in, dead the movie, in Return of the Living Dead, he's, the, you know, the, the, they have this like this tub that was uh, that they open and it's from the uh, from the war and it's like many, many years old and they open it and there's like a man in there that they were preserving and the chemicals. A that shrunken were head. There, they, well, it wasn't shrunken. Once you see, yeah, see the movie, it's fantastic. But uh, once they open it, 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 this creature comes out that's kind of like uh you just have to see the movie. You really do. What was the first movie that you were like, all right, I'm getting this poster? Or was it you saw a poster and you were like, I got to watch the movie? Well, rewind. I remember the reason I even got into horror movies is because my mother would always make me watch horror movies with her. I, I was eight eight years old, 10 years old, and my mom's going, I got Motel Hell and make them die slowly. What do you think? <laughs> Which one do you want to see first? Double Coolest feature. mom ever. <laughs> I, I shouldn't be watching these, mom, but I did. And... Uh, even to this day, I have a dog that sleeps with me. I have a bath by my bed. I have an alarm system. You know, I have gates with the spikes. Uh, it's just, I, so, but I've always just, I guess I fell in love with horror movies. I guess it's the nostalgia of like my mother and I watching them and then talking about them. And to this day, we still do that. And I've always just really love horror because it's, it's like an adrenaline rush. It's like when you go on a roller coaster, I love roller coasters. If it's a good scare, it's your heart starts racing and it's like, oh, oh, wow. It's just, it's just such an exciting feeling. I'm not into like, you know, the real stuff, like real death and all that. But like, you know, when it's a movie, psychological, paranormal, you know, you got me if it's good. And so I started 
being interested in posters, I had a friend named Dave Bukert from Louisville, Kentucky, and I went to his house and I just saw Evil Dead and like the big skull on the poster and all these things. And I was just enamored. And I thought, oh my God, I got to start a collection of these. And it wasn't until I started acting in movies and Hollywood and stuff that, you know, I became friends with Bruce Campbell from the Evil Dead movies. And I was like, Bruce, I'm sending you something. Would you mind signing it? But please send it back because I spent $300 on it. <laughs> and uh, so you, put, you, sh- you shame people into getting a signature. Listen, I, I'm all about it. <laughs> you, you get autographs too? No, I'm all just about shaming people to get what you want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that. Whatever it takes. Whatever it okay. takes, Michael. Good for you. <laughs> so I love that your mom was showing you horror movies. And then that was like a bonding, like common denominator for you guys growing up. Yeah. A poster is not a small thing to collect. So first of all, how many 80s horror movie posters do you think you have? And oh. where do you keep them, Michael? They can't all well, be framed. So my podcast cheap plug inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum that I've been doing for a while in the podcast room. I felt like I'm a big horror movie nut. I'm going to have them all be horror posters in there. Cause at first uh-huh. it was kind of hockey jerseys and I like hockey. And I'm like, no, it's going to be more thematic. And ultimately I started one by one, like seeing, and it's important that you get original posters, David, not oh. just like $10 or $15 posters that, that are, that are uh, replicas or, or what do you call it? Copies. Right. Like I spend the money like an uh, aliens, plural, the aliens poster. I wanted an original aliens poster. So that cost me like, you know, 150 bucks. And then I had a friend who was at a convention, Christy, and she said the whole cast of aliens is going to be there. So I had her sign the entire poster. I said, I'll spend whatever. And right. she had the whole poster signed by by everybody in aliens, Sigourney Weaver, uh, Paxton, ev- everybody. And so that's in the podcast room. And, we're, you know, so that's where I put most of the posters. I have some other ones that I haven't put up, but, you know, I have Aliens. I have Lost Boy signed by Jason Patrick and Kiefer Sutherland, who just a week ago were in my house. I was interviewing them on the podcast and Kiefer was sitting in front of his poster going, I go, you signed that for me. He goes, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. I trust you. <laughs> yeah. Um, at so, what point did they, st- okay, because I remember this may be before the 80s or maybe, I don't know if it was still happening in the 80s, but it used to be they would fold the movie, the original movie posters up and send them to the theaters. Yeah. At what point did the folding stop? Uh, you know, it, it probably went through the 80s into the 90s. I, probably they started rolling in the latter part of the 80s, I think. I'm not an expert on it, but there's something really cool and vintage about a when they folded it. So right. if you hang it, you can see the folds, but they start to come, they, they, they lessen, those lines lessen, and they're not as noticeable. And if they are, it just appears to be more vintage. So, but then I've got like Escape from New York signed posters by Kurt Russell and The Thing signed by Kurt Russell. So Oliver uh-huh. Hudson was on my podcast and that's uh, uh, Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn's son. And so he said, I said to him on the interview, I said, hey, uh, did your friends ever ask for autographs from Kurt or Goldie? And he's like, no. I'm like, wait a minute. What? Nobody's ever, <laughs> ever asked you for an autograph? He's no. And then he goes, why? Do you, are you asking? I go, well, he goes, dude, it's easy. I can get it done. I go, could you really? He goes, yeah. I go, look, you'll break my heart if you're not telling the truth. Because hey. I got like, So I sent him five posters. Ah. <laughs> the, the thing, Escape from New York, Overboard, 
Right. Um, all the know, classics. Uh, yeah. And they signed them all. So, uh, I, like I said, I, I will do whatever it takes to get them. And I just, there's something really cool and nostalgic about having your favorite movies around you signed by those actors who played the characters that, you know, you just loved. So it's, it's just a cool thing that I like to do on the side. Great movie, bad poster. Is there one great eighties horror movie, terrible poster or vice versa? Oh, I'm sure there's tons of them. Um, I can't think of any. The only thing I think of is the ones that I want, which are good. Like I had Nightmare on Elm Street signed by Wes Craven. Ooh. And I worked with Wes and, you know, that's got the best tagline ever in a movie. Taglines are so important, right? The, the, the tagline was, if Nancy doesn't wake up screaming, she won't wake up at all. Oh. It's really cool, right? <laughs> and so. It's also my mom's name, so it really hits home. <laughs> Nancy and she came <laughs> home screaming David mm-hmm. but yeah I just I just love everything about the nostalgia of it and just having them in my house and like I don't have them in my living room or my bathroom although I do have an original from the movie The Warriors which is an old gang movie I have an original vest from one of the gang members who wore the Warriors vest and I I have that in my bathroom but most of the stuff is in my podcast room or my office so do you feel it can creep out, though? Do you see a world in which maybe 10 years time where it creeps into the bathroom is like, oh, that's just a fun thing. And then all of a sudden it's at the dining room table. I'm not going to lie to you, David. That's incredibly possible <laughs> that that could happen. If it's the right poster where it's just like, oh, this is like if I ever got Jack Nicholson to sign The Shining. Oh, I believe I, mean... I believe that would be, uh, you know when you walk into my house, it's the first thing you see. Oh yeah. It would just be, and that was he sign all, stuff. I don't know, but uh, you know, I'm going to do what I can to get to him. I know he has a no TV policy. Like I remember reading at one point, like Oprah wanted to interview him and he's like, Nope, don't do TV. <laughs> That's how strict his policy is. But if anyone can get a signature from him, I feel like it's you, Michael. Do you feel like sign getting, Okay, so 80s horror movie posters is kind of why we're here. But I feel like I'm going to add an addendum. It really sounds like it's signed 80s movie posters. Like, yeah. really, I think, is it, is that hunt such a special thing for you? Yeah, I mean, especially if you're, uh, you know, you hear about a convention and your agent says, hey, they want you to go sign in Albuquerque. Maybe you're not interested in Albuquerque. But then you see the guest list and it's like, whoa. Uh, so-and-so is going to be there from, you know, Return of the Living Dead or whatever. And that would be a great get. So it's worth it to go for the weekend. And I have a lot of fun at these conventions, but you really have to go online to find these 80s vintage horror posters. You can't go to conventions, sell them. Like I, it's, it's more seventies, but I remember I was in England and I found out Toby Hooper who directed Texas Mm. Chainsaw Massacre, Funhouse, Poltergeist. And he was um, he was there, but I didn't find out till 10 minutes before the bus was picking us up to go to the airport because it was a big convention. And I go, wait, 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 Toby Hooper, Toby Hooper's here. They're like, yes, I freaking ran out to the main showroom and I yelled, does anybody have uh, a Toby Hooper poster (laughs) holder, guys, Texas Chainsaw Massacre? And one guy goes, you might want to go all the way to the end. It was like a freaking football field. And I ran down to the end of this one. guy who had like all these posters and he goes, well, I have one and it's Texas chainsaw, but it's like 
half the size of a wall and it's Italian. And that's all I have. And I go, I'll take it. And I got this giant poster. And that's one that I don't, I have, I don't have up because it takes up so much space that I have to find a spot for it. But I ran and Toby was about to leave and I go, I'm so sorry, but I'll come an actor. I'm here signing too. And I don't know. It'd be really awesome if you sign this. He goes, well, absolutely. And he sat down with me and he died two weeks later. And I wonder, oh if, my I wonder God. if him signing that killed him. I wonder if it was me. Yeah, you should. You really <laughs> I should. I was bummed that he passed away. He was, uh, <laughs> Texas Chainsaw is one of the most horrifying movies. If you haven't seen it or seen it in a while, watch that one. That will, uh, that's a creepy one. That, and I, and it watch is it with a, a giant a, poster next yeah. to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> watch it with a giant poster next to you. Yes. <laughs> so as a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. If you don't know when Crystal Pepsi was discontinued, what was in Al Capone's vault, or which famous meteorologist is Lenny Kravitz's second cousin, then you haven't spent enough time on Wikipedia. But that's okay. I am here for you. I'm Darcy Carden, and I'm inviting you to listen to my new podcast, WikiHole, from Smartless Media. Discover the craziest rabbit holes on Wikipedia with me and my funny friends as we bring the cyber frontier directly to your tympanic membrane. And if you listen to my podcast, you've learned that that's the sciencey term for eardrum. We embark on a hyperlink roller coaster as we start out on a Wikipedia page and go from link to link to link to link, careening through trivia, oddities, and unexpected connections until we collectively shout, How the hell did we get here? Follow WikiHole on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to WikiHole ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. What What is it about the poster? I mean, as opposed to like an action figure or a prop replica or something like that. You know, everybody has their thing that they like to collect. What is it about the poster to you? I think it's this was hanging in a movie theater in 1983 or this was made in 1983. <clears throat> this poster is vintage. It's, it's, is you know, it's 10 years younger than me, or there's something about that, that makes it not just a copy that was made in 2017. It's like, this is an old school, real poster that was, you know, like I said, in a theater or something that to me makes it, it brings me back memories. And it's, it's just cooler. I think that the cool aspect of it all, it just, it, it heightens the coolness. Well, you think about the history of the object, you know what I mean? And I do this like when I'm, I don't know, hiking or camping, you know, sometimes and I get really into my head. I'm like, I wonder if I'm the first person to ever step on this piece of land or something or who has walked in this exact spot. And it's kind of that way with the poster, too. You know, like who looked at it, who passed through these theater doors exactly. and, you know, was engaged and affected by this piece of paper. That's really cool. You know, what? if you guys wait here one minute, this is edited, right? Yeah. Well, well, we'll certainly we'll do it now. Hold on one second. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get something. Okay, we're holding now. I don't know if this is gonna end up in the in the edit or not, but he's coming back. He's gone. No, he's gone. It was a good. It was a good. It was a good conversation. I was. It was nice for what it was. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um. So this will just give you an idea of the podcast room. Can you see that? Oh man, oh, wow. that's awesome. Yeah. Yep. So. Yep, yep. Yeah, just what just every yeah, what we're looking at is just posters 
right. all over the place. Big, so, nice high ceilings too. So right, and so there's one of my prized possessions is this signed by Bruce Campbell. It's the Evil Dead. Uh-huh. Love Evil Dead poster. And what, how hard is it to get the originals? Do you ever have you ever gotten uh, you know Shanghai and someone sent you the a little fakey fake? I actually emailed someone back on eBay and said, "Are you sure this is a real Friday the Thirteenth poster and original?" I mean, I spent 250 bucks on it and it kind of looks like it might. And he goes, I assure you that this is as genuine and real as it can be. I will send you a letter of authenticity or, but that rarely happens. I mean, if you're spending the money and they'll, they usually show a lot of the pictures and, you know, I usually believe everyone I'm, you know what What, I have is I have an Al Pacino Scarface one that Beverly D'Angelo is a friend and I'm, I'm going to have to give it to her to try and get Al Pacino to sign. Although, you know, yeah, my so friend. My friend is the person who speaks into Al Pacino's ear when he's on set. So I do have an Al Pacino connection for you. Maybe I can make that happen, David. So in other words, he's like, um, Al, we've got about two minutes, and also Michael Rosenbaum would love an autograph poster <laughs> mm-hmm. Scarface. Mm-hmm. This and may seem like it's not relevant to the scene, rolling. but it actually is. <laughs> That's it's amazing. For the character. Mm. What is the most you've spent on a on a 80s horror movie poster. Ooh, the thing cost, I think, 400. Okay. An original thing poster. I think that was the most. Escape from New York, which is, you know, right there on the cusp of the 80s and not necessarily horror, but like still really cool. Yeah. That was probably like 300. Uh, the most expensive one, Evil Dead was probably 250. Friday the 13th was probably two, 250. I mean, they they get up there, but they're not, you know, it's not like, I mean, look, I'm sure there are some posters that, that could be $700, $1,000, but I usually don't go that far. But man, now that I think of it, I really have to get a hold of Jack Nicholson. Yeah, you well, do. Well, I don't normally sign, but uh, <laughs> this is an incredibly cool vintage poster. And well, looks like I might have to sign this one for you. Gonna have like? to do it. <laughs> Jack, like Michael really is so thankful though thanks so much for being here Jack Michael just is a, such a fan it's just a pleasure <laughs> don't do television yeah well no this television. is a podcast Jack so <laughs> um, are, do you prefer to buy the posters framed or unframed unframed I frame them okay. I mean if they happen to be framed and I like the framing then sure but most of the time I frame them myself or I you know I get them framed and going back to the certificate of authenticity, what I mean, what sort of proof? I know like there's JJ's autographs that like will certify an autograph, but what what sort of system is in place to certify a poster that's actually been hung in a theater? You could just tell by sometimes in the bottom of them, they have these like little codes and things that you can look up and also just the the age of it. You just can tell how how much of a beating it's had. Some are mint condition. But you you can tell there's there's something that's a little bit authentic. There's, there's something that's not uh, so shiny and perfect and light. There's a little weight to them. I think I'm not an expert on them, but uh, either that or I've been fooled constantly and I've wasted a lot of money. Well, here's <laughs> the funny thing. Let's be real. These are probably all being made in the 80s by like what? One, two, maybe three companies. So you probably know by now the feel of it, the look of it, and you're quote unquote an expert in it. So I I think you would actually be able to sniff it out. So I I believe it. Yeah, I I could say. 
Like th- this one's one of my favorites. This is Fright Night. Oh yeah, that's Ooh. a good one. It's a Fright Night signed by Tom Holland, who's a buddy of mine. He he created Child's Play, created Fright Night, he created uh, what else did he do? But uh, you know, Fright Night's a huge part of my life. I just remember watching that one with my mom in, in the early '80s, and it just was it just was exciting, and it was just like a vampire who lives next door and. And then I met Chris Sarandon, who plays the lead vampire, and I know him now. And he texts me, and I'm like, I gotta send this poster to Chris Sarandon. I have to have him sign it. I have to have the whole cast sign it. How do I do this? So uh, they had a uh, a reunion of Fright Night, and they asked me to play a part, and I couldn't. But um, well, actually, I could, and then things got messed up. But overall, I was talking. I was on an email chain with the entire cast to the original Fright Night. Amanda Beers, Chris Sarandon. And so I have that connection where I could get that poster sign. I just have to figure it out. But see, that uh, that excites me. It excites me. And some feel, people yeah. like some people will look down on it. I have friends that are like, you ask other actors for autographs. Isn't that weird? That's like you're acting with them. Doesn't that make you feel like I'm like, no, it makes me feel like I'm a kid again. It makes me feel like this is why I got in the business. That's how it makes me feel. Well, it's interesting, okay, because, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but if I remember correctly, you have a lot of siblings, right? I do, from different marriages, but yes. Okay, so so getting that one-on-one time with your mom growing up was like, I imagine, something really special, you know? Like, you guys sit down to watch the movie and connect in that way. Have you been able to get her into, like, the poster situation and loving the posters the way you do? Have you like gifted her with like, mom, do you remember when we watched this one? Now she wouldn't hang posters in her house, but she does love her Jim Morrison. So I bought her some ah. Jim Morrison uh, memorabilia, whatever, like a, a poster or a sign. I have this signed by, uh, this is signed by Val Kilmer. This is him as Jim Morrison. Oh, oh, that was like the best movie ever. By and the way. I sent her one as well. And, um, and I can't hang that up now. I Peak peak Val Kilmer, that and Tombstone. I oh, mean, yeah. he's oof. he's the best. I got to meet him too, and he uh, when he signed that. But I would have loved for him to sign my Doors poster, but I don't have a Doors <sighs> poster. See, I should. have. That's '90s though. But still, posters are you're inching you're inching outside your your collection. Yeah. What are you in the hunt for right now? What's the, what's the current thing uh, in front of you, vision vision wise? I would love. What's in the eBay wish list? That's a tough. I mean, when you said The Shining, that really just nailed me. That like, I, I thought, holy crap, that's. I mean, that you know, and you know, he's it, getting older, so I feel like that needs to be like up at the top of your list. You know, it would be great. The Exorcist, signed by William Peter Blatty and William uh, and William Freakin, who directed it. Freakin directed it. Blatty wrote it. I think that would be amazing to have. That would be a really. So I have to find out when they're speaking or when they're doing and having them sign one of the best horror movie posters in history could be a real get. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's so, a really good one. So Claire brought up uh, mom again, and I actually I want to keep digging in a little bit of this because this is yeah. this is this is my happy place in this podcast of just like, why, why? So you're so it sounds like I get why you really got into all these horror movies, because it you did have this quality time with your mom. I mean, your mom was always inviting you into these experiences. Why do you think your mom, unlike many of our mothers, or at least for mine, uh, my my Nancy was not interested in horror movies, nor ever will be. Why was your mom so interested in horror movies, do you think? 
I don't, you know, I don't know. My mother is a, is a, she's a weird one. She's very eccentric and we didn't have a lot of like, you know, she was always doing her thing. She was always with her friends. This was just this one, these little, these few moments that we actually shared. So it was special. Like you say, she had a pretty, uh, tumultuous, uh, childhood. Uh, I think, you know, so did I, and probably a lot of dysfunction and, you know, escapism, I think, you know, horror movies or whatever it is. Uh, I remember she, she's always interviewed people like for a small town paper and she's a good interviewer. And when we were in New York, she got to do an interview with the family that moved into the Amityville horror house after the murders. So, so that's interesting. So the DeFeos were the family that were murdered in the Amityville horror house, their son, Mm. Um, murdered them and went to prison. He just died actually in prison. But then a family moved in to the, uh, I'm trying to think of their their names. Why, why does it escape me? Anyway, they moved into the house and my mom got an interview with the guy who moved in with his family. They moved out and they left everything there one night because they were so horrified. They left across the country, left all their belongings, everything in there, didn't want to have anything to do with them. My mom got an interview with them later years later and asked the him, Lutz the Lutz family the Lutz right George Lutz George yes. Lutz so she interviewed George Lutz and George Lutz she asked the question does and and this is completely not on the same path as your question but this is how my mind goes oh I love it we're I'm walking on the road with you it's great all right uh and I remember my mother asked him do does anything still follow you is there any kind of like spirit or you know, bad omen or essence that just kind of is with you. And he goes, yeah, that does happen to me. You know, sometimes I feel a certain thing or whatever. And they had lunch at this Howard Johnson's and the next week, the whole place burnt down. The Howard Johnson burnt down. And I'm like, what? So he says these things still follow him around and strange things happen. But ultimately I think the place where my mom had lunch with him burnt down the next week after they had lunch. It was just That's a weird, crazy. weird anomaly. And, but you know, Wes Craven and I, when I was doing this movie called cursed, which wasn't the best movie in the world, but I just wanted to work with Wes. <laughs> and he goes, you know, the Amityville is a hoax. I'm like, no, it's not. And we would argue in fun. Like it would be a fun <laughs> argument. I'm like, it wasn't, a, no, he was like, it's, it's a bunch of bullshit. They plan things. They put things in there. It wasn't haunted. They, I go, how do you explain the picture of the little girl? It, apparently, Late at night, they had a camera crew set up cameras and then leave the house for the whole night. And not, or maybe it was two nights and nothing showed up. Okay. Except one picture, a distant picture of a kid in the door who was murdered. And he looked like one of the DeFeo kids. And he was, you could see him and his eyes through this door and no one could explain it. And you know, I got goosebumps now. You probably see the goosebumps tomorrow. <laughs> that is crazy. I can't wait to Google this. Look it up. Look, look up the picture of the little boy in the Amityville house. Um, so it was just fun. Like, so I guess with horror, it's always been. I have a horror movie Zoom group, uh, not to name drop, but you know my, you know John Heater and Napoleon Dynamite. So he's part of a group of eight of us that watch horror movies via Zoom. It, before they came over, but now it's Zoom. But we watch horror movies every Thursday and we're all on there and then we dissect them and we bitch and we talk about how Rotten Tomatoes sucks. 
and <laughs> how they gave something an 80%. And, you know, so horror has just always been such a fun part of my, my world, my life going to horror. It sounds cathartic. It sounds like cathartic for your, your mom and maybe for you. Like you said, like if she'd been through some things and you'd been through some things, I think I know, like you said, going on a roller coaster, it really is like, well, it's a way to probably process some stuff via kind of escaping to this world where people are struggling and excited and fearful, you know, without you having to necessarily dive deep. It probably is a, a weirdly a, a really healthy thing. Well, if it's well made, I think that we watch a lot of movies and most horror movies are just crap, to be honest with you. <laughs> a lot of the 90% of the movies that I watch are crap. Every week we say, will someone find a good movie? I'm tired of blowing money on shit. And it's hard to right. tweet about how shitty it is because you're like, you may know someone in it or somebody's going to be insulted. But I'm like, I don't care anymore. I'm blowing money on these crappy movies. <laughs> and so, but there are occasionally you'll have a good movie like in the last 20 years, like It Follows to me was a really creepy, scary, fun horror movie. Insidious, you know, the paranormal, some of the paranormal activities were really scary. And when you get those golden nuggets, it makes for all the bad crap that you watched, you, you get that feeling back again. It's like going on that roller coaster. And so, yeah, I think it's it's been something that, you know, it, you're right. I think it does stem. Thank you for being my therapist today. But I think it does stem from childhood where it was an escape. and It was a moment between my mother and I that I remember. And uh, so I guess I cherish that. And I and I also blame her for <laughs> giving me horrible nightmares and um, all that other stuff. Pointy fences. Yeah, exactly. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The wait is over. So far, you're not losing. The only thing you're losing is my patience. Quickly, I see that. Bing! The queen of the courtroom is back. I didn't do anything. You wouldn't know the truth if it came up and slapped you in the face. I see he's not intimidated by anything. I can fix that. New cases. She wanted to fight me. Leave her alone. Okay, so, um... Not, this is not a so. This is a period. Classic Judy. Did you sleep with her? Yes, Your Honor. You married his cousin. His brother. That's not him. Yes, ma'am. I would make a beeline for the door. The Emmy Award-winning series returns. How did I know that? I have a crystal ball in my head. It's an all-new season. It's streaming. You can say anything. <laughs> Judy Justice, only on Freebie. So is it a thing where you have to pick out your own poster for your collection? Or if someone were to gift you one, is it just as special? Or do you or do you just need to like feel the poster and feel this connection to the moment? I think it's it's more exciting when I get them, but if someone knows me well enough and is listening and gets me a old vintage horror poster that's vintage, I will respect, well, it doesn't even have to be. Like, I just got an original Return of the Living Dead. That was a hard one to find. Ooh, yeah. And yeah, Return of the Living Dead on the bottom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nice. It's got the Jason mask underneath there. Yeah, I got that. 
But, you know, if someone gifted me a real vintage horror movie poster, even if it wasn't a real expensive, just a vintage one from anything from old school movies like Basket Case to, you know, uh, Critters, the original Critters or Pumpkinhead or the Stan Winston movie. I mean, I would be so pleased. I would be blown away. So, yeah. So I have, open to gifting. Yes, open. <laughs> I'm open to gifting. Yeah, for sure. But it's also fun finding your own. But if someone goes, hey. This is a vintage Pumpkinhead poster signed by Stan Winston, who directed it. I, you know, I bought this online. This is vintage. I'd be like, oh, my gosh, it's one of my favorite movies. Or, yeah, I'd be blown away. That's a great gift. And I don't get many gifts like that. You know, usually it's an Amazon card or something, which is fine. Right. <laughs> well, you're making you're making me think about the poster. And I, I mean, I'm, you know, we all grew for, you know, we're all Americans. We all grew up in movies and going into a movie theater and seeing these movies. And I remember being right. You'd see a movie poster. And that was the first time you had any inkling of what that movie would be. Right. So you're like, mm-hmm. that's the introduction to this movie and into this world. And so it was the beginning of a story. And it's a tantal. It's the trailer to the trailer is a movie poster. So is that right? And it's so fun. And you're showing me more and more posters of the 80s. And there really was a style like like they used like a fun big block lettering in lots of the movies. Yeah. And there's always the taglines were always incredibly sexy and fun. Like so I'm, I'm I'm really getting it now, like because that there was a real 80s horror movie style for posters yes. specifically. And like, the I get it. The tagline didn't have to be like I feel like nowadays the tagline's like three words like she's back or, you know. It's happening again. But but then the taglines were so long, like about the Nancy wake up. I, I loved it. I'm I'm into it. All right, Michael. Well, uh, here's. Oh, well, yeah, I, was, I, I was just going to say that, like, you're absolutely right, David. The they took so much. There was so much love and passion into making these posters because it was eye candy. If you saw something you're like, I want to see that like a skull on a on a poster like evil dead you're like ooh i got to see that <laughs> poltergeist with the, i mean there's just like all these jaws with the shark with those with the, the woman at the top of the water and the giant shark underneath uh jaws see it before you go swimming like it was yeah. the trailer before the trailer like i'm looking at these like texas chainsaw massacre who will survive and what will be left of them halloween the night he came back uh jaws 2 jaws 2 when just when you thought it was safe to go back into the water. Alien in space. No one can hear you scream. Oh uh, my God, you know, that's a great poltergeist. <laughs> they're here. I mean, you know, these posters are like, they were everything. They were so part, an integral part of the marketing and the design and the, the way the movie was to be perceived. It was the first insight into, into getting your audience. Well, and I know, like, I remember this was before, obviously, you know, social media and all the different distribution platforms we have nowadays. When you saw the poster go up, when you saw the billboard go up, you knew there was three weeks until that movie was in the theaters. You know what I mean? It was like a calculated time frame and you could start planning your weekends and what you were going to go see with your friends. It was amazing. All right. on On a scale of one to 100, let's say, Michael, 80s horror movie posters how big of a fanatic are you? One to 100. One to 100. I mean, look, there there are guys that just have hundreds and hundreds of vintage posters and collectors. And I'm not that. But I'm a fan of horror movies and specific horror movies, not every horror movie. And so, you know, I would say that's a tough one. If, if the biggest collector in the world is 100, maybe... 
you know, I'd be out of a hundred. Well, you we don't do have that? to say it's not against the biggest collector. It's how much you enjoy it. In your I, heart. Enjoy, I enjoy it's- it. Like, I mean, look, I enjoy enjoyment a hundred percent. My collection, maybe 60%. Yeah, but you can't it's not about like comparing yourself to someone else who also collects posters. It's about the joy you get inside, the passion, the excitement. Immense joy from from getting a a vintage poster. Like I have a Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory poster and all the kids were at one of the um, well, they're not kids now, but they were at a at a convention years ago. So Chiller. They were at Chiller. Yeah. Yes, I was there. (laughs) And I got Charlie to sign the, the golden ticket. And Mike TV and Veruca Salt. And it's like, dude, that's amazing. Look, this is a this is a moment in time. These people aren't going to live forever. I'm not going to live, live forever. But if I have kids or I have friends who love the posters, you give it to them. And it's like something that you take with you, something that you could, you know, take with you for generations. I love it. All yeah. right. I got three three things for you. The last, last thing here, Michael. One, have you ever been in South Pasadena to the old Halloween house? In like Old Town, South Pasadena. No, will you send me the address? Will you send me the address? I will 100% do it. It's ah. it's it's the old Halloween. I think it was the like other you know like the the bunk houses all around you know where where Jamie Lee spent time and you know around, around the summer camp. I believe. Well, I have. I just not the Nightmare on Elm Street house. Nancy's house is only about three miles from me. I've been there many times. The Brady Bunch house, by the way, is right over the hill from me as well. Uh, whatever happened to Baby Jane house is is about six miles away. So I, I love these sort of things. Yeah. Oh, it's the best part of LA. The second thing is, uh, you know, someone wants to start a collection. Where should they go? You know, you're telling someone to get into the gateway drug of all this. What would you say? Maybe you're the po- the poster of posters to get. Maybe there's uh-huh. a certain poster. You're like, well, that's the poster of all posters. And two, get it on eBay. I would say, first of all, decide if I'm going to start a collection What's my favorite horror movie? What's the first one I want to get? And then once you decide that poster, maybe it's between one and maybe maybe a handful of posters, like one of these, then go online and look up vintage posters, Los Angeles, and start to compare prices. And, you know, there's some places, there's one in LA near the old Gold's Gym on Cole Street that I went to that has all these old vintage posters that you can go in there. And you can look through posters and they'll, 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 they're and like they're, those things like this. Do they have those no, things? No, are, they're like, no? they have to get them. They're like rolled up or they're like sheets Ooh. that are, it's old school. Like they go, well, which one do you want? And you come in, you go, I'd like to look at this one and they'll get it out for you. And it's just, that's what they did with the thing and some other posters. So it's really cool to go into those sort of places and like actually you know, it, something that's tangible that you can like look at and touch and go, okay, but this is what I want. So I would decide which movie that you want first. And, but you can go on eBay. You can go on these, you can find them all over. I found my return to the living dead poster somewhere. I don't even know if it was eBay, but it was some guy that had a collection and I got it from him. So you just have to go online. You can get anything you want these days. I'm looking for an old vending vending machine now so I could have snacks and things for my friends in the uh, little screening room. That's fun. That's so fun. I'm super into that. Yeah, It's a great yeah. way to make money too. <laughs> yeah, off your right? friends. Yeah. No, they'll be free, but uh, they won't have to pay. But I will say, bring your favorite treat in and that you load it up. So it's all with your treats that are in there. That This is John's treats. This is Lally's treats. This is David's treats, Claire's treats. You get it. You get it. Love it. Oh, that's great. All right. Last thing, a love letter. If you were to speak a love letter to vintage 80s horror movie posters, you would say, dear 
80s horror movie posters and just what what would you tell it? What would you tell them? Dear 80s horror movie posters, you mean so much to me and I've been watching horror movies for a long, long time and it was a great connection with my mother and for that I will ever love you and always will be in search of the next great horror poster. Love, Michael. (laughs) Yours truly, kid at heart, Michael. Something like that. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Everyone's got their thing. You know, Claire, now that I've been out in Boston here as I am filming uh, Dexter, I got to go to Salem a few weeks ago and experience witch country with one of uh, my friends who is a huge horror nut. And so I got to do the whole witches tour and John Proctor and Goody Proctor and that whole thing and see the cemeteries. Yeah, it was wild. And it's fun to be with someone who loves horror movies, just like we had this conversation with Michael. And if I went by myself, I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much because I'm not a huge horror movie person. I do like horror movies. But when you're with a huge horror movie person, you just see things with such a I literally start smiling at things I wouldn't have been smiling at. It's interesting. I mean, it, it to me, I I do love horror movies, but I I'm a, a I always say I would be a terrible critic because I love all types of movies, and uh, <laughs> I can usually find something really good about even the worst movie out there. But with horror movies, part of what I like, which is not why I probably wouldn't want to go to Salem is I like the suspension of disbelief and I like it when they're not necessarily based on true Mm. stories. And since so many women did die in Salem and under such, um, horrible circumstances (laughs) to me, that's something, a different sort of like, that's a, that's history versus a horror film. You know what I mean? You know, what Michael made me really think of is the power of the poster and the power of knowing like people walked past this poster, it sat down in a theater and had this experience. And one of my favorite movies, which is not an eighties horror movie, but is a movie called girl fight, which was Michelle Rodriguez first movie that she was really recognized for. I related to that movie so deeply that I was gifted the poster and had it hanging in my room for a long time, like in my 20s. And there is something about just waking up and looking at that and being like, and I related to the character. I, you know, obviously totally different backgrounds. Totally. I'm not a boxer, so I don't know exactly what I related to about it. But I think the sense of feeling like alone and then being able to conquer something. And so when I woke up and I looked at that poster, it just always like put me in a great mind frame to tackle the day. You know what I mean? Well, it's one image to encapsulate an entire story. And that like right. you get one shot, you get one image, you get one photo. And it's kind of cool because it sets it up for like, all right, this better be good. And if, you know, these people are doing their jobs right. And a lot of people who create these movie posters, thankfully, really are. Then it becomes a very iconic, interesting, mysterious, teasing, you know, like, it's special, these things. You know, they just want to, they want, you want to hint at it so then your brain and your mind, right, can go to those places, right? You don't want to, some posters are over the top and show everything. And some of those best, especially those 80s posters, they just show like a little hand coming around a door. And then you can start to think about like, ooh, yeah. Or like the Halloween poster and just seeing like the pumpkin, you know, and like the eyes. Right. It's just, just a little something. No, and like the Jaws poster when he was describing yeah. that, I'm like, I could picture it all in my mind. Like, and that is to this day why I'm not a huge fan of swimming in oceans. 
Well, I was gonna go when I was gonna go to the Salem witch uh, audio tour. I told my wife, I said, do you want to come with? She's like, oh, no, I can't do this. I was like, are you sure? It's not going to be that bad. She's like, no, 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 it's going to be too scary. I'm like, all right. And then I get there. And the first story she tells is about a, a woman named Sarah, the name of my wife, who right. like died here where we're standing in this horrible, awful way like a zillion years ago. And I was just like, immediately texted her. I'm like, you made a good call. <laughs> good, good decision. <laughs> Speaking of good decisions. What movie posters do you have? Do you have movie posters? Before I, we sign off, what, I, I revealed my girl fight poster. I'm trying to think if I had others. Um, did I have movie posters? This is a great question. I don't think this is like the, this is not a fun answer for this moment in the podcast. But I don't think I did. I think I did. I had posters of like baseball teams and posters of comic book things. But I don't think I ever actually had. Oh, I had a poster of Home Alone. I don't even know why. I think maybe someone gave it to me. And I just had a poster of it. I have no connection to it. <laughs> I just, oh my I gosh. Just, if, you know, Macaulay Culkin with, you know, the iconic image, at least with his hands on his like, face, ah! yeah, which is, is a horror so movie in some regards, I guess, if you think. Right. About I mean, they left their kid. <laughs> they did leave their <laughs> Sounds kid. Sounds like a nightmare. Listen, you put a different soundtrack to that movie. It is a horror film. Absolutely. That should be an honest trailer. You know, honest trailers <laughs> yes, yes. who give who give the real version. Yes. That's like, yeah, it's like the Home Alone horror <laughs> part, you know, whatever. But anyway, my uh, this was such a fun episode. And now, uh, as always, I'm going to go out and start thinking about collecting like some real vintage movie posters. Oh, I know you will. Claire. I know you will. I will. I'll keep you updated. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys next week. Bye. Hey, guys, before we go, I got to tell you about next week's guest. We have on from Ouija, The Duff, The Fosters, SPF 18, and the TV show Legacies. Dear friend, good person, Miss Bianca Santos. But we're not going to talk about any of that. We're going to talk about her love for Trader Joe's. Yes, you love it. She loves it. It's an easy one. Pack your bags. Get out your coupons. Get your Feelers Flyer going. We'll see you next Thursday. Thank you for listening to Fanatics, a Roddenberry podcast. For more episodes and info, head over to wearefanatics.com or tweet your Fanatics thoughts and stories at wearefanatics. Yes, that's we are F-A-N-A-D-D-I-C-T-S. Our show is hosted by Claire Kramer and me, David Magadoff. Produced by me, Claire Kramer, and Kelsey Goldberg. Executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham. And you can thank Stephen Mudd for our theme song. Catch us next Thursday for another Fanatics episode. Watch out. He's coming for you. He's got your poster. And he wants your signature too. Nothing can stop him. He won't be deterred. He's a huge 80s horror movie poster nerd. Jack Nicholson, he's coming for you next.